0: Been oh. Welcome. Hey, be, be Welcome. Hello, teachers talking.
1: Welcome to BBF Ohio.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No you girl, girl, I I know
1: what of girls in We're all
0: speaking in tongues here.
2: I
1: speak
0: in I tongues. hello You
1: have a translator? Ba ba boom, ba boom, ba ba boom. I have. I yeah. yeah. have an English tongue.
0: Okay. Well, praise the Lord. And shame on the devil!
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, Lord willing, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some fun here in the Book of Isaiah, chapter forty-nine. Uh, we're starting with verse seven, and we'll make an attempt to go to the finish line of verse thirteen. Uh, but. These verses are so packed, so uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, uh, Pedro, if you don't mind opening us up with the word of prayer, that's God's choice blessings on His book.
2: Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for giving us the chance to be able to be here and get together in fellowship and learn your word and give Brother John. Amen
0: and amen. Okay, well let's go ahead and start with verse 7 and go down to 13. Um, I'll read the odd, and then you join in with the even. And uh, let's see what the Lord has in store for us today. These are pretty big verses, but uh, when you see how uh, it's put together, uh, it becomes really fun. Starting with verse 7 of Isaiah chapter 49. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and his Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful, and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee.
2: Thus saith the Lord. In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee? And, help thee, and I will observe thee, thee? and give thee for a covenant, covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages.
0: that thou mayest say to the prisoners, go forth. To them that are in darkness, show yourselves; they shall feed in the waves and their pastures shall be in all high places.
2: They shall, they shall not, not hunger with the earth, neither, neither shall the heat nor shall they smite them. them. For lead that have mercy on them, them shall lead them, even, even by the springs of water shall guide them. them.
0: And I will make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted.
2: Behold, Behold these shall come, come from far,
0: and the east from the north, and the north and from and the west,
2: west and, and the east east east
0: east east from the land of the sin. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted.
2: Amen.
0: Wow. Amen. Uh, that is quite a, a stretch. I will tell you, I... I, I really feel dwarfed with all the stuff that I found in here. Um, I will do the best I can to uh, point out what I can out of here for you. Uh, but it is it's gigantic in scope. Um, first of all, uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 49, for the chapter, I've got the chapter title as The Messiah's Mission. We know that the Messiah is the Lord Jesus Christ, and He has, a, He had, had and has a mission. And uh, just through chapter 49 here, guys, uh, we can study the Bible frontwards and backwards. Uh, the verses here will take you all the way from Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. It just, it just fascinates me how it, it connects together. Um, as we're studying this chapter. Keep in mind there are at least four applications when you're reading the book. Uh, First and foremost we have the present time here as we've shared with you. Uh, Isaiah's written and he's writing to the people of Israel who are in captivity. And uh, and that captivity is not going to happen for another 150 years. But uh, the Bible itself, guys, there's so many parts of it that's pre-written history. That's right. God knows ahead ahead of time what's going to happen. Um, uh, one, of, one of my favorite stories was the uh, guy from Japan, they heard about the Eastern Gate uh, that's blocked off. The, the Muslims do not want any Messiah coming through that Eastern Gate. So it's totally sealed. Yep. And this guy from Japan, 44 years old, flew over to Israel started getting an electric jackhammer and started breaking down the Eastern Mall. Wow. Uh, he didn't make it. He died of a heart attack. <laughs> I wonder. Guys, I'm not about to challenge the Lord on any of that stuff. What's <laughs> set in stone is set in stone. It's sealed off right now, and the person who's going to knock those stones down would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's going to march through, and nothing's going to stop him. And I would guess that's where that old Methodist preacher got to saying, when the devil builds a wall in front of you, believe <laughs> your way through it. Believe <laughs> your way through it. And that's exactly what Christ is going to do. The wall's in front of Him, but he's going to walk right through it. And he's going to be king of kings and lord of lords at that time frame. He's walking the walk so, so, Amen. So the first application has to do with the time frame we find these scriptures in. The other thing that... We have to point out to you, as a lot of the scriptures, especially in Isaiah, uh, is in connection with going could be happening which, after the rapture, and uh, God starts to with the nation of Israel again. A lot of the applications here in this book has to do with that time frame. So we call it a dual prophecy. It happened then, and it's going to be happening again in a, in a bigger, bigger way. Uh, The third application you should keep in mind is look where it connects with the New Testament. All right? Because the portion of Scripture we just read has so much to do with the Lord Jesus Christ and his appearance. So here we have the time of Isaiah and the Babylonian captivity coming up. Over here we have the book of Revelation when God's dealing with the Jews again. And in between we have the prophecies of dealing with the mission of Christ. That's three right there. And I'd like to keep you in mind for the fourth application. And that is, what can you and I glean out of the scriptures that will help us have a closer walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? And uh, uh, in the uh, 40 plus years that I've been in the Christian church, uh, all of them King James, but I will tell you, I've been so disappointed, especially for Sunday school. Uh, there are times they'll go through a passage of the Old Testament, and there's no application whatsoever. They're just giving you a bunch of facts of, of history, and here's what happened, and blah, blah, blah. And there's no connection with you. There's no connection with the present time. There's no connection with nothing. You just got, got history. Um, one of the reasons I like Pastor Miller doing the current events is because, guys, if you'll notice in a lot of my gospel tracks, I put current events in there. I try to make it. I try to share with people. You can't escape the Word of God. You're in this world, and here's the Word of God that put it into your world. And he's showing us with the current events going on how it connects with Scripture. They cannot escape what's coming up. They cannot escape, and they need the Word of God. So the title of this chapter is the Messiah's Mission. First one and two had to deal with the call of the Messiah. Verse 3 and 4 deals with the Messiah serves the Lord. And that's what we should be doing, serving the Lord. Verses 5 and 6, the Messiah blesses Israel and the Gentiles. So therefore when he shows up, not only does it bless the Jews that are present, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, but we're studying the book of Acts now. And the book of Acts shows us how it goes from a Jewish church to a Gentile church. There you go. Alright, now from verses 7 to 13, the Messiah's ministry glorifies God. It glorifies God. Verses uh, 14 to 18, the Lord proclaims his love and faithfulness to Zion. He made a covenant with them. He's not going to desert them. He's not going to forsake them. And verses 19 to 26, the Lord affirms his blessings for Zion. And uh, unfortunately for them right now, those blessings, guys, those blessings aren't going to be until after he shows up and become Lord of War and King of kings. That's the big time that they're all going to be confirmed. There are blessings for the Jews today if they get saved and trust the book. The blessings are there for them as we speak. But that's sort of like an outline for the uh, chapter for you. Um, So verses seven through thirteen, the Messiah's ministry glorifies God. Let's keep in mind John chapter fifteen, verse eight, where Christ says, "Herein is my Father glorified. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit." And the whole book of John chapter fifteen compares us to uh, 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 the true vine, and uh, we're to be indwelt by Christ. And by His dwelling in us, that's how we produce fruit. And uh, I think there's three layers of fruit. Uh, first, fruit has to do with the, the spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace. out of Galatians 5.22 and uh, the 24, in that area there. Um, the, the other fruit is, is us with our actions because the fruit is in us. And then the third fruit is is serving the Lord by helping people come to know Christ as Savior and by trying to disciple them and bring them up with the admonition and nurture of the Lord. So there's sort of like three levels, but once you get at one and you start to disadvantage it, you get a bad case, you can't help it. (laughs) One leads to two and two leads to three. Let's take a look at verse 7. there's at least six ways God is glorified just in verse 7. And uh, this is what an incredible book. Verse 7, Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel. The first way God is glorified is He's the Redeemer. The word redeem means to buy back. And how does God buy back His people? Through His blood. Through His blood. They'll have one 1.7. Uh, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next part of the verse. And his holy one. Of course, who's the holy one? Again, that's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I have 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he hath made him to be sent for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Yeah. He's the holy one. Um, Then we go on to the next part. To him, to him who man despises. All right? Uh, The third way God is glorified, believe it or not, is through suffering. And guys, uh, he is the suffering servant. And we have this at Isaiah chapter 53, 53 verse 3. He is the despised sin offering. The word despise means to scorn, or it means to have a low opinion of. In other words, we, for a person to scorn, what Christ did on the cross is saying, we don't need him, we don't need the sacrifice, we'll do it our way. When you go to Romans chapter 10, you find the Jews were trying to get the righteousness of God by doing good works. They were trying to establish their own righteousness. when they did, they lost out on salvation. Because the righteousness of God is imputed to us through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Proverbs 1.7 is another great verse on uh, the word despise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Amen.
2: Yeah.
0: They despise it and slow down. Ask anyone in the world economic forum. (laughs) They do not like the wisdom of God. But they'll have all eternity to think about it. (laughs) All right, All eternity. They despise it because they thought they were far better. This is is one book, guys. You can't burn all the books in the world and say, well, (laughs) there is no Word of God. The Word of God is more than just the printed page. It is more than just the printed page. Um, and of course, if we go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no man can serve two masters, for he'll do what? The
2: the Love one
0: and despise the other. Whew. That's a great Bible study, just in itself. So, uh, so here we are to him whom man despises. And then it says to him whom the nation that poureth. Alright, um, the word uh, poor means to extremely hate, extremely hate, uh, and there are so many scriptures in the New Testament to pop to you on that, Matthew uh, 24, verses 9-14, through 14. Um, John chapter 15, verses 18-27, to 27. and then John chapter 17 and 14, it uh uh, will you study those verses? The Lord says, you know, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. I I guarantee you. There are three half-price bookstores I really can't go into. I did nothing to hurt them. But they know I represent the Lord Jesus Christ. If they don't hate
1: you, you're wrong.
0: Yeah, and they hate Christ. So therefore, they hate me, and they
2: treat me like a dog. Picture. Yeah. it's just a small remnant that weren't involved in that in Jerusalem. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah, and another reason they hated Christ is because they had no cloak for their sin. He removed the cloaks. Ah, you guys are sinners. Oh, no, we're under the law. We're blah, blah,
1: blah, blah. We're,
0: we're Abraham's seed. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're well, before Abraham, I am. Huh. Oops, <laughs> get out the stone, you guys. we we got a got the nutcase yeah. here. That's uh, just the way they are. And uh, uh, you guys, if you really study, um, I have on my uh, website, needhope.org forward slash IS, a uh, revival study. And uh, I discovered on the, the four hearts, I discovered on the four hearts you got the stony heart, the. Uh, uh, The stones, the hard path, and the thorny heart. And uh, by all the other Bible studies I did, the Lord was showing me like the thorny heart, that's connected with Mount Sinai, means thorn bush. All right? Ezekiel, go to Ezekiel, God says, I'm going to take out that stone heart, stony heart, I'm going to put a heart of flesh in it. So I started realizing the three groups that was attacking Christ all the time was Sadducees, Pharisees, And good night, the scribes. And that's the three groups he was aiming at. And just so you know, we don't miss a trick in here. There's the four hearts. The only heart that's accepted before God is the repentant heart. Amen. And before we get saved, we match one of those three guys. We match one of them, if not all three of them. Great, great Bible study right there. All right? But uh, Christ was abhorred of the nation and they had him crucified. Okay, the fourth way of glorifying God is by serving. It says to a servant of rulers. Guys, that may not sound sound right, but I'll give my take from what I pick on that. Um, We're living on on a planet that has wicked rulers. And I hate to tell you, but we're under that system. At the same time, we're trying to serve the Lord. All right? He was a servant in Israel, and what did the rulership do to him? Yeah. How about that? He was serving, and they did not want the service. They did not want the service. He was a servant to the rulers, and the rulers rejected it. There's a... Um, just a few scriptures I'll share with you. One in Genesis 3.5. What did it say? It say, You guys, you eat this fruit, and you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. And that's what those people were. Uh, John chapter 10, he said... Uh, They were called gods, ruling Israel, small g. All right? Uh, What's his name? Um, Cain, 4-7. It said, what sin would be at the door? But it said that he would rule over over the devil. Fascinating. And, of course, when we go into the gospel armor, in Ephesians 6-12, it says, uh, we will fight against flesh and blood against the rulers of darkness. There's those rulers, and we're under that system, and we're servants to we bring them to the Lord, Johnny.
1: Yeah, I was just um, just made the connection on Jesus is definitely a servant to the nation. Yes. It's, it'd be interesting to calculate just how many people he healed, because every time you read through the Gospels, there it says. They bring tons and tons of people to him and every single one is healed. Yeah, notice that? Every one of them. So so it'll be interesting to see just how, you know, how big that was and and probably how obvious it should have been to the rulers what he was doing. That was the original diversity I couldn't include. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good.
0: See, part of us doing the Bible studies like this is as it was, was back and forth. But the Holy Spirit is talking to you guys at the same time. And you guys will come up and go, well, he missed this verse. He missed that verse. No, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't quite miss it. I may not, be, first of all, be aware of it, or if it's, this is not enough time, I never get all my notes
2: in during this time frame. Never. It's, it's and, beside the point for a teacher. Uh, he may, a teacher is being guided to present his case and it's something I've heard over the years too and I try to explain to him uh, it's impossible it's impossible for any subject to be exhausted oh exactly unless you want to be here for several days I mean you know So the the teacher has to but that's the great thing about the book is you know we're not here to be the Holy Spirit you know um, as one thing I would qualify with the person who complained about a church where they taught and didn't make application the purpose of the church isn't to make application that's the holy spirit right we're teaching the word so that the holy spirit will use that word and people don't understand that but that's why we're told to study to show ourselves approved unto god yeah god's not going to teach you when you're not willing to obey his word and study it so that he can teach you and that's part of the learning process is sitting under teachers and as you read on your own, the Holy Spirit makes that application. And yep. one last thing, I'll move on. But you can make all the effort you want to, and make your application. I do the same. I can make my application. I'll guarantee you that people oh, yeah. in the pews are getting something else out of it
0: Oh yeah. Of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's one truth, <laughs> but many applications. Yeah. You know, the other note to have here is Psalm two, dealing with the rulers, and the rulers are laughing to God. This says, God says, "Uh, oh, I'm I'm putting my on the hill." You guys are in big, big trouble. All right, he, he, they were all given a chance for salvation; they rejected it. Another way that uh, God is uh, glorified, I put down His faithfulness, and uh, kings shall see and arise again. Those are the rulers. Princesses also shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful. The Lord Jesus Christ was faithful. God was faithful when He sent Christ on on the mission that He sent Him to. He was faithful, and you know what? That's the same thing that God's asking for you and me. It's not whether or not we win a thousand souls, a million souls, we get our name up in lights, you know, with all those other guys. That's not what. That's a. I'm sorry, guys. That's just an illusion. That's to draw money in. Every one of us, God. God has a plan for every one of us, all right? But it's not the same plan. But God's will is the same for all of us, and that's to conform to the image of Christ. And again, I'll share this with you. Anything you guys learned out of the book you want to share with me, feel free to share with me. Because you don't know I might need it at that time. I don't know everything just because I'm standing up here and I'm just sharing a bunch of stuff with you, okay? I I don't know it all. And I'll be more glad to share stuff with you if you want to come and say, hey, what are you learn out of the book this week or today? Okay, I'll be more glad to share with you. Uh, this is one one incredible book. We need to continue to encourage each other with the book. Yes? And you yeah, said you don't
1: know everything, but you, even if you do know something, it's always good to be reminded. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and hear others talk about it and say something, and it's just I
0: mean, he might know something, but it's always good to hear it again. Yeah. Well, I cannot, I'll share with you one of my favorite stories on Charles Spurgeon. And so one day he went to the tabernacle, which is what they call the church there, and he was sick. So we asked him what of his deacons could preach. And so the deacon said yes. Okay, He knew which one he could you know, trust in that area. So the deacon got up and started preaching one of Spurgeon's old sermons that he had the notes for him. And when the altar call was given, Spurgeon went up to the altar.
1: <laughs>
0: because he drifted from the time he preached that. That's, guys, that is, that is why we need to encourage one another. Because there are some I'll go through my material and I'll
1: go, Oh my, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm going, Oh no, Lord forgive me, Johnny. And another thing it reminds me of is, and I know... Not everyone's been able to read through the Bible all the way, but I've just noted I've been able to do it a number of times, and it is fascinating how I'll read through sections that I clearly must have read before, but I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And so that's why we—it's constantly good to, you know, to go over, go go over material again and again because we forget.
2: I've never met anybody who's read the Bible. Some have read it their entire lives so they read it once a year, it be 50 times, and I'll talk to them about it, and they'll say, now, has there ever been a year where you felt like, yeah, that was kind of a waste of time? You know, I've, I've read it, and I do it all, and they know, it's an amazing thing, because they always, they said, maybe I'm re- relearning some things, Yeah, but it's like every time you read, you're like, wow, you know, and it's an amazing book. Well, I didn't refresh myself last week after you mentioned Nabal. Nabal, yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of people don't even know who he is. It's a it's a, Christians who don't know who Nabal is. It's a, a very amazing story, and Abigail. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, that was by reading today. I mean, <laughs> I'm in first uh,
0: first Samuel now. Mm-hmm. We're just zipping right along. Um, so, one of the phrases I'll have for you as far as reading scripture? Every time through, something new. Every time through, something new. There, there's so many things that there. you start collecting, it's collecting the manna. And when you go through a second and a third time, that manna starts collecting on different verses, and you're going, oh my, oh my. And then you start seeing, there's some things in scripture, goes down seven deep. And before, you was only up here. You didn't see a whole lot. But now, because of this verse, and this verse, this one over here, you're going, oh my. And it there's something that happens within the soul, with the word of God. And uh, and it's far more exciting than being in the flesh nature. I, I can I can tell you that. But with the flesh nature it's still about
2: it. And the other thing is, All right? you read your Bible every day, this happens to me, and you know, it probably happens to everybody. But when you hear preaching, it takes you back to something you already read mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes a connection. Yeah. And it, yep. and it validates more. On Christ than, than you thought before. So you should never that's how, well, That's one of the many reasons why you should never not read every day. You just go through the Bible every day until the day you die. Because you always will learn something and something will. And you just never stop. It's yeah, together and together. Right? As we're called. Yeah.
0: And of course the other thing so many times the thing that we want to hear when we see the Lord Jesus Christ is well done, thou good and faithful servant.
1: Yep.
0: Um, I will past one time on the Christian radio program, I should not have had it turned on that time because I almost had a car wreck. But here's how the guy quoted that verse: "Well done, thou good and faithful slave." <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I about I about had a wreck.
2: Okay, his, <laughs> his, his Bible may say that.
0: Yeah, I probably he probably had the Septuagint. In the Septuagint, the word "slaves" over four hundred times, and that's the Greek edition. All right, another way that God is uh, glorified. Let's take a look at the next part down here, on verse seven. And the Holy One of Israel, who am said is the Lord Jesus Christ, and He shall choose thee. He shall choose thee. Um, now, you know, from time to time, we do talk about Calvinism, and, uh, and uh, but we wanted to share once again, and uh, how God chooses people is through the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Through the preaching, when, he, when the word of God is preached, the people hear it. And when they hear it, that's important the point that they are chosen. And they say, I want to receive Christ as my personal Savior. Right the, the, the one thought that I was thinking the other day is, if you were to have a system where, where God just picks and chooses, if I found out that I'm one of the ones who's not picked, what does it matter if I obey the Ten Commandments? Now, what, what does it matter if I lead uh, any of those type of lives? If, if, if there's no hope that I could ever be picked. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, so I'm not picked. Okay, that's what I kill? Well, I can kill as many as I want then. It's, because I'm going to hell anyway.
2: It's the effect of uh, Darwin idea that there's no God at all, too. I mean, that's why we're seeing the response, the Correct. the culture going to solve them the way it is why bother <laughs> Yeah. well the first Calvinist I met just let, he just do what thou wilt is the satanic doctrine but that's what that kind of philosophy leads to anyway
0: yeah. well the first Calvinist I met when I was really young in the Lord I approached him about prayer and he said he didn't have to pray because it was already predestinated I okay. said so how about we just see? God already knows who's going to pick so I don't have to do anything
2: and with, the Great Commission, which is exactly
0: what Bill Graham did. I yeah. Well, he had the wrong Bible to start with. I went down with him with the uh, the New Bible back right here. We went to the book of Matthew, and it just did not click. But I tried. I tried. I didn't know a whole lot back then, guys. And I'll tell you, the older I get, uh, the less I know. <laughs> just sure the way it out. works out. Let's take a look at verse um, eight. Thus saith the Lord, in acceptable time have I heard thee, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth and to cause to inherit uh, inherit the desolate heritages. Um, first and foremost, you know, this is already in Second uh, Corinthians 6 2, used to Paul when he's dealing with the Corinthians. Um, the other application on here believe it or not is when Christ was on the cross he said father I I, I commit myself into your hand he was calling on salvation believe it or not at that point not not salvation from sin but he already paid the penalty for us and he said I've heard you in an acceptable time that was a picture of us on that cross too so so that's a fascinating study if you notice it here, he said, uh, I will preserve thee. And you know how to think is 1 Peter chapter 1, is it? We're preserved. Not just saved, but preserved. And it said, and give thee for a covenant of the people. Um, when you look at the word uh, covenant there, the Lord Jesus Christ is the covenant. <laughs> He's the New Testament. And that's um, and that's recorded in uh, Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. He's the mediator. He's the testator of the New Testament. So he is a covenant for the people. And he says to establish the earth. Okay, the earth is not going to be fully established until after uh, after Christ's millennial reign. Then it will be fully established in the word of God totally from there. It says to cause to inherit the desolate inheritances. I imagine that deals with... Uh, if you notice that at the time that Isaiah's writing here, um, he's saying that uh, Babylon's going to come in, going to wipe them out. Well, their heritage is all wiped out. So he's going to bring them back to the promised land and restore it. All right. Well, Israel right now, is their heritage, they're going to be wiped out until the time that Christ shows up to rescue them. Well, the plan is going to be in desolation if you read the book of Revelation. Uh, whether it deals with water, deals with the mountains, deals with how many people are slaughtered and killed, it's going to be desolate,
2: and it's going to be restored again. Yeah. I just want to mention a reference to the visitation and the appointed day. I think that's what Jesus was referring to right before he goes to the cross, Luke 19:42, where it says he's confronting the Jews, rejecting him. And he says, "If thou hast known, even thou." At least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace. Yes. But now they are hid from thine eyes. So there's a you know uh, a appointed day that if they'd known the Bible, they would have known that it was time for the Messiah to show up. Exactly. If they'd, right. they'd known Daniel nine twenty four to twenty seven. They would have been able to calculate the exact day he yeah. was showing up to be you know, uh, or at least the the year that he was showing up. But it would have been the Passover of that year. That he'd be crucified. Cut off. Oh, amen. Yeah. So, that that reference there in in verse 8 to the appointed time, it was appointed, and God actually gave them the appointment. (laughs) And Jesus said, If you had known your book, your
0: Bible. Yeah, well, that's why I say it. Isaiah 49 here, we have the application for their time frame. That's the application for that middle time frame. Then that's going to be again the book of Revelation, all three. And, uh, and then, of course, when you said there, are you'd have known. Well, guys, that's why it's important for us to read the book. That's why it's so important to read the book. Well, if I would have known, and uh, on both my parents, who divorced when I was 13, and I've talked to them separately, and there were things that they did not know. And because they did not know, there could not be any reconciliation. And uh, it's sad, but I've used this as a motivation for my family <laughs> to stay married and to be married and try to make everything we could to circle and surround the Word of God. And any and all blessings you see us have as a family has come from this book right here. It didn't come from my intelligence, believe me. <laughs> it didn't come from me. It came from the fact that it was established with the book. And God has blessed our family because of it. Um, What a great book. Okay, verse 9. That thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth. To them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in their ways, and their pastors shall be in all high places. Um, Again, when we When we get to verse 9, that deals with the good news of the gospel. All right? Uh, For their time frame, when God was going to send in Cyrus, he was going to free them out of prison. He was going to free them out of the darkness and bring them back into the light, back to Jerusalem and restart the building process again with the Word of God. All right? The same thing will happen at the end of the tribulation period when Christ sits on the throne. The Word of God is going to go everywhere and control everything at that point. Alright? When Christ shows up with the Gospel, He does the same thing with the Gospel in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, it's very fascinating what He does there. Um, just very briefly, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 to 34, 2 devil-possessed men are made free from the bondage of, of being possessed of Satan. In Luke 13, 16, Jesus heals the sick and the diseased, the bondage of infirmities. And as, as we said earlier, there wasn't anyone that was not sick, that did not come to Christ that was healed. If you were sick, you had an infirmity, and you went to Christ, 100% cure, 100%, not like some of the doctors we have today. No no seed
2: faith no offering required. Yeah, no offering required,
0: <laughs> except you would say, "Go and sin no more." Amen. To some of them. Well, and
1: then the
0: dead ones too. Uh, Ephesians four eight, when Christ okay. died on the cross and went down, he uh, freed the captives. That was in paradise. They were they were captives, and he brought captivity up. Um, John eight thirty three to thirty six, Jesus frees those that are in bondage to sin. I feel. If you'll uh, follow the truth, the truth will make you free. If you continue in it, Uh, Galatians three twenty to twenty six. Jesus frees those who are under the law. He came to free them under the law. What did the law show? Its schoolmaster showed for sinners. Johnny, real quick.
1: Oh, just um, not only was it no seed faith offering. Many times, all they had to do was just touch him. (laughs) Yeah, didn't even have to directly do anything, they
2: just had to touch him and didn't well, sometimes he didn't touch him exactly. yep. sometimes he's just, miles away. yeah, they were miles away and he said, go, go home, she's healed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you notice in here we're going to
0: verse 9 this becomes spiritual, they shall feed in the ways what is God going to feed them those that are set free, the captives yeah. he's going to feed them the word of God yeah. he's going to feed them the word of God yeah. And it says, and their pastors shall be in the high places. All right, what's the high places at this point, guys? The, again, with the spiritual, the high place is the Lord. What are the pastors? It's the Word of God again. We're gonna—he's gonna be feeding us with His Spirit and with the Word of God. Uh, Peter, feed by sheep, <laughs> feed by lambs. The
2: Lord will direct thy path.
0: Exactly. Um, the whole gospel, and I guess we're going to end up with, uh, just to finish with verse 9 here. Isaiah 61.1. Let's go ahead and take a look at Isaiah 61, one. This is the beginning of the gospel in Luke. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. When Christ starts the gospel ministry, he gets up on a, on a Sabbath. His custom was he was to read the scriptures to the congregation. And on this one bright, sunny day, and I would imagine it was a sunny day, but <laughs> that may be gloomy, this is what he read to them. Verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified.
2: Did he stop at the comma in verse 2? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: he did. Because right. that's a 2,000 year period. right. Exactly. <laughs> you mean 2,000 yeah. year period. 2,000 year comma. <laughs> comma. <laughs> so, uh, I think we're going to stop at verse 9. Yeah. You had a lot of other great stuff here. Um, But I'd like to share with you be active, be a servant like the Lord Jesus Christ. You're called to be a servant. I'm called to be a servant. Um, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Let's hope the Lord doesn't have a business ad like this. There's a pizza shop. And on the front, it had this big sign about hiring. And it said, Now hiring non-stupid people. I've been
1: there.
0: It's a pretty good pizza. And uh, when we was in Atlanta, Georgia, we went to a restaurant called Saxby's, and uh, they had, it was good food. And they had a picture of John Wayne up on the wall. And you'll love the quote. You'll love the quote that John Wayne had.
1: <laughs> Life
0: is tough. Life is tougher if you're stupid. Yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> It is... St- Tumper, oh, you're stupid. Um, while we were in uh, Atlanta, uh, in fact, this week, just so you know, guys, just wherever God calls you, just try to be a witness, okay? Oh, man. Just in this week alone, okay, I got a chance to witness to a Jew from Israel, mm-hmm. from Jerusalem, and he got the Armageddon track, <laughs> awesome. okay? I got a chance to witness to uh, someone from uh, Afghanistan and uh, Morocco. A lot of Chinese, because it was the Chinese New Year, we went down to, to, to celebrate, I got a chance to witness to a guy from Korea, Brazil, I thought that was fascinating, and of course the people from uh, Georgia, and some guy from Minnesota, alright, the one from uh, um, Colorado escaped, I, I couldn't grab them fast enough, they were in and out, but I'm still praying for them. And, uh, And I'll I'll leave you with this, and we'll close with a word of prayer. Um, I had this one person come up to me that we met at University Baptist Church. And he said, uh, do you know who gave the the speech at Gettysburg before Lincoln? And I said, no, I don't remember. He said it was Everett Edward Hale. It was two hours.
1: That was Edward
0: Everett. Or Everett. Everett e. Oh, <laughs> so, this guy was a descendant of that guy.
2: Mm.
0: I descended. And so I looked at him and I said, well, I still like you. <laughs> but uh, he had never read. Uh, uh, his ancestor that gave that speech wrote a book called A Man Without a Country. And he had never read it. And I told him I'd get him a copy. So, uh, you don't know who you're going to run into. You don't know. Ask the Lord for divine appointments. Have fun with the gospel. Be a servant for the Lord. Uh, But it does cause, there is a call for suffering, but there's a call for rejoicing. And uh, don't worry about making mistakes. I made uh, so many mistakes on this trip, it's incredible. Alright? But I'm still going to serve the Lord anyway. I just ask the Lord for forgiveness and go on from that. Brian, may God close this out.
2: Heavenly Father, thank you for this time today. Thank you for the gathering of those that are here and those that are here online. Thank you for Brother John and his preparation and notes that are so expensive, Lord, and uh, for feeding us from Your Word. And it's in your son's name. Praise back You,
1: amen. Amen. All right, guys, go get your. Tea.